okay? The antidote for worry and anxiety is the peace of God. Isn't that what he's saying here? That the peace of God, if you've got peace of mind, you've heard that, you know, I just need some peace of mind. And if you've got peace in your heart and peace of mind, then worry is not going to be an issue in your life. So the key is having that peace, getting that peace, enjoying and living in that peace. And that is what God has a desire for you and I, for His church, for believers tonight, is to have that peace of God guarding our hearts and guarding our minds. And so the conditions that conquer worry, I said last week, there were three conditions actually that Paul gave here in this text that would, would conquer worry. And we covered one of them last week and we'll try to get through the other two real quickly this evening. But last week, the first one was a right praying. Tonight we want to deal with the second one, which is right thinking. And then the third one is right living. Three conditions that we know from the Scripture. I'm not, you know, I'm not making something up here. I'm taking this from the Scripture. Three conditions of defeating worry and conquering worry in our life. Last week we dealt with verse number 6 the, the, that uh, where Paul uh, gives the, the condition of right praying. He talks about prayer there in verse number 6. And when he says, be anxious for nothing... But, but instead of being anxious, that's that conjunction there, it, 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 it gives a contrast. That word but shows us a contrast. Instead of being anxious, there's something you can and should be doing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The New Living Translation says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. In other words, He's saying, Turn your worry list into your prayer list. The things that are worrying you, turn it into prayer. I don't, I don't read the message Bible much. It's a, it's a paraphrase. And, and, um, but but I, I did look this verse up in the message and, and uh, I did like the way that it put this. It says this in the message translation. says, don't fret or worry. And here, instead of worrying, pray. Isn't that, isn't that phenomenal? Isn't that a great revelation? Instead of worrying, pray. You know, don't be like the one person, you know, that said, oh my, has it come to that? We're going to have to pray. Has it got that bad that we're going to have to pray? But he said, instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer, letting God know your concerns. So last Wednesday night, we talked about these three areas of prayer that Paul dealt with here. He said by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And we dealt with those three areas of prayer. The prayer, uh, the word prayer means devotion, worship, adoration. So we come to God in praise and thanksgiving. The word supplication has to do with our sharing our needs and our problems and our requests. It's sincerely bringing our requests before God, telling Him what we need, sharing our heart with God. Lord, this is my problem. 
problem? You know, yeah, God already knows what you're facing. He knows the situation. He knows it better than you do, but He wants you to talk to Him about it because that shows you're depending upon Him and not yourself. Okay, so make your requests known to God. Tell Him your needs. Tell Him your wants. Tell Him your desires. Amen. Pour your heart out to Him in supplication. And then the third aspect of prayer was appreciation, which is thanksgiving, and it's giving thanks to God. God loves to to hear you pray, but He loves to hear you say, Thank you, Lord, that you've heard me. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for answering. Thank you for what you've done for me, and thank you for what you're doing in my life. Even when you, and you know, we talked about this in the prayer service yesterday. Even when you can't see it, He's working. Don't we sing a song like that? Even when you can't feel it, He's working. So if you know He's working, can you thank Him in advance for working and for what He's doing in your life? So right praying, and this is such a key, right praying. Pray about everything. Take everything to God in prayer. Take the big things to God in prayer, but take the little things to God in prayer as well. Whatever you have need of, take it to the Lord in prayer and turn those worries into prayers and you'll see that God then, the result, he said, of doing that, the result is the peace of God guards your heart and mind. Isn't that what he said there in verse number, uh, number, number 7? The result of making your prayers known to God is that God's peace, will, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. It will set guard around your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Praise God. God's peace guards in those two areas to areas of worry and when we worry we're worrying in our you know our heart gets burdened our mind gets confused and this you know this peace that God's talking about here folks is not the absence of trouble this peace is not that 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 well okay all the trouble is over with and you'll never have another problem so you've got peace because you're not having any trouble no the peace that he's talking about that surpasses all understanding is having that peace right in the midst of that trouble where it isn't affecting you, praise God. Not that you're burying your head in the sand and ignoring it, but you've got the peace. It's a supernatural peace of God that will squelch and crush anxiety in your life. Amen. But it's not automatic. We have to let our requests be made known to God. Pray about everything. Take it to the Lord. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because what? We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Those old songs had some scripture in them. Amen. They were biblically based. And so, amen, the peace of God will we'll garrison about your heart and mind. We talked last Wednesday night about Jesus asleep in the midst of the storm. That's the peace that he wants you to have. We talked about Daniel, how that he prayed three times a day, even when he knew it's going to cost him a night in the lion's den. But he went, to, uh, went into that lion's den and fluffed up that old lion's mane like a my pillow. Praise God. <laughs> just, <laughs> just laid back there and went to sleep and had a good night's sleep because God sent an angel. He had peace. He had peace. Wouldn't you love to have that kind of peace? We, it's available to the believer tonight. Well, praise God. So right praying, right praying 
is the, is the first uh, thing that Paul mentions here, a condition to conquer worry. But then secondly is right thinking, right thinking. Now, when we start talking about this, we're going to look at verse number 8. We're, we're not talking about mind over matter. We're not talking about Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. But the Bible does have a lot to say about what we do with our mind and with our thoughts. Amen? Praise God. The battleground, and I was talking to some folks last night and ministering to some folks that were going through some, some situations, and I, and I told them, I said, you know, listen, the battleground is the mind. Satan brings those thoughts. I believe those fiery darts of the wicked that, that Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 6 are targeted, they're, they're aimed at the mind. He fires those fiery darts at our mind all the time and telling us that we're not worthy, we're not good enough, we're no, you know, God's not with us, God doesn't hear us, God's not going to help us. All the lies of Satan. How many know that Satan, the devil, is a liar? Amen. He, the truth's not in him. He can't tell the truth. The truth's not in him. He's a liar and the father of lies. And so look at verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Now he's still talking on this, on this topic here, on this subject of what to do about worry and not being anxious. And so he tells them here, what's, what, whatever things are true... Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, notice this, meditate on these things. Now, peace involves the heart, but it also involves the mind as well. And as soon as you go to talking about this, and you, you know, you, you, you use the word, uh, the King James says, the King James, the, the original old King James says, think on these things. This is the new King James says, meditate on these things. But it means, the word means to meditate, to muse, to ponder, to roll it over in your mind, to focus or fix your mind upon specific things. And when you go to talking about meditation, the first thing people get all worked up and say, oh, you know, that's, that's Eastern mysticism and religion. And they think about somebody, you know, you know, getting in the in the posi lotus position and you know humming and doing all that and all that kind of yoga stuff and meditation, and 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 uh, you know meditation that type of meditation, these Eastern religions is wrong. It's it, they talk about emptying your mind. Getting your mind empty. Listen, when you empty your mind, the devil's there going to be there to fill it up with something. But there is a Bible, a biblical uh, meditation that the Bible talks about. And I could give you scripture after scripture over and over 
and Old and New Testament, both the Bible talks about meditating. And it talks about meditating on God, on the works of God, on the Word of God. Amen. What was it God told Joshua in Joshua 1 and 8? He said, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, um, but you will meditate therein day and night to observe to do all that, that's, uh, that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Um, that, that very first psalm, you know, said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, and in his law does he what? Meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. So, so peace, having the peace of God, which we said is the antidote for anxiety, is the peace of God. The peace of God comes when we make everything known to God in prayer, take our needs, our cares, our worries to Him. But then also peace involves the mind as well. Thoughts are real and thoughts are very powerful and we must, according to the Word of God, bring those thoughts into captivity to the Word of God and to the obedience of Jesus Christ. How many knows that? Isn't that what the Bible says? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, Casting down imaginations. Anybody ever been guilty of just letting your imagination run away? Or imagining things that are not so? Was it the temptation song from your, just my imagination once again running away with me. There's a lot of Christians that just let their imaginations run wild and the devil, man, he, that, that, and we can't do that because he'll let, the, the enemy will bring those things into your mind, get you to thinking about stuff, man, that's not, um, that's not even going to happen. I looked up the word, I, you know, I just got my phone out today and, and uh, looked up the word imagination and, and the definition of imagination is forming mental images or concepts of what is not actually present to the senses. It's forming mental images and concepts that is not of things that's not even happening. And, uh, you know, that's like we said, I think last week, one lady, one lady said, well, worry does work because most of the things I worry about never happen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, that is true. Over 90% of the things, 92%, I believe the, the, someone said, of the things that we worry about never do happen. And so we've got to bring those, those thoughts. He said, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 again, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And listen, and bringing into captivity what? Every thought, every thought, every thought into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ. Now we are the products of our thoughts. We are the products of our thoughts. You, anything you do, you first think about it. It comes into your mind. Well, I think I'll do this. Or I 
think I'll go here. I think we'll do this or do that. So whatever, you, you know, and the Bible says, uh, Psalm 23, 7, as uh, a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if we do not control our thoughts, if you and I just allow our thoughts to run wild and our imagination to run away with us and don't bring those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the Word, and you're not controlling your... You know, if you don't control your thought life, then your thought life will control you. Amen? It will control you. It will dominate you. Because what you think and meditate on and ponder is going to be what you believe. And then what you believe is going to be how you act and conduct yourself. So the way you think and controlling your thoughts is very important. And I know people say, I've heard people say, I can't help but think in those thoughts. I can't help it. They just come. Well, you know, it's not just by your, um, your own willpower or ability. You say, well, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop thinking that. You have to replace those thoughts. Bringing those thoughts into captivity, how do you do that? You bring them into captivity and replace the bad thoughts with some good thoughts. Think on or meditate on these things. It's like, you know, how many knows the Bible talks about over and over uh, several places in the New Testament, it talks about the renewing of your mind. Renewal, mind renewal. That's something, you know, it's like it's like reprogramming the computer. And so we're inundated with so much trash and garbage. And, you know, you've heard the old thing, you know, trash in, trash out, garbage in, garbage out, you know. And so you've got to replace those thoughts with God's thoughts, with some good thoughts. Amen. Somebody said this. You've probably heard it before. But it says, you know, somebody said this. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. But it all started, it all began with a thought. Romans 12 and 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world. I love, I think it's, the, the, it's either the Williams translation or J.B. Phillips translation, but one of those translations says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. And every time I read that or think about that, I think of the Play-Doh factory, you know. And uh, my kids had one of those. And it had these things. You'd slide in there and then it'd have a star and a square and an octagon and different shapes and things. And you'd slide that in there and put that Play-Doh in the top and squeeze the handle down. And whatever, whatever you had there, it w- that shape would come out. And, and every time I think about that, every time I read that in that translation, don't let the world squeeze you. And listen, that's what the world is out here to do is to squeeze you into their mold. They're doing it on the media still yet every night. Every night. I, I thought I swore off the news and had it on tonight and they're still propaganda and squ- trying to squeeze you and force you to do this and do that. Oh, hallelujah. But he said, do not be conformed to this world, to this world system, but 
be, there's that word but again. That means that here's the contrast. Instead of being conformed to the world, be transformed. Be transformed. That word transforms the Greek word metamorpho, where we get our word, our English word metamorphosis. And it's like, glory to God, it's like that caterpillar in that cocoon. That, that, that metamorphosis takes place and that caterpillar, that worm, when that cocoon busts open, it's a beautiful monarch butterfly that's a transformation that's what God wants to do you and me is change us not that we be conformed to this world but that we be transformed um, you know changed into something beautiful how by the renewing by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God Amen. Praise God. It comes down to what we allow ourselves or force ourselves to do with our minds. Paul gives a list of things here. He talks about the input. He talks about the input of our minds in verse number 8. Notice that. He tells us and gives us a list of things. So here you are. Brother Rick, I don't know. What should I think about? Okay, here's the list. Okay. Whatsoever things are, first of all, he said, what, what things are, whatever things are true. True. So here's, here's honest thoughts. Think about things that are true. Keep, what's Paul saying here? Keep untrue things and untruth out of your mind. Don't think about or dwell on what is untrue. That'll shut the news down. Glory to God. What are some untrue things you need to not allow to fill your mind? Gossip? Don't shout me down now. Huh? Don't let's don't let somebody call you up and start feeding your mind full of gossip about one of your brothers or sisters in Christ in the church. Shut that down right quick and say, "No, you're sinning." Boy, if you tell them that, they'll hush. They won't call you back. You know you're sinning by telling gossip like that. Glory to God. But don't let that. Don't let the enemy fill your mind with gossip. Political propaganda, false doctrine, a lot of that out there today. Amen. False prophecies. We've talked about that, false prophet. You know, all that false doctrine and all that stuff, the lies, and I've already mentioned Satan's a liar. He wants to corrupt your mind with lies. And all of those things, all of those things need to be put in the trash can and not allowed into your mind. So we have to shut some things down. We don't think on uh, untruth. We don't allow untruth in our mind. But notice he says, oh, so he says, so think about the things that are true. Well, what, is, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say in John 17, 17? Are you all still with me? John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them with your truth... Your word is truth. So Paul here is saying, 
to meditate and think about what is true, he's telling us to meditate on the truth. This is the absolute truth. I know that people tell us there's no absolute truth. Yeah, there is. There is. They just don't want to admit it, but this book is the absolute truth. This is God's truth. So fill your mind full of the Bible, of the Word of God every day. Put Scripture in your mind. If it's, Get a verse. Write it down on an index card or put it in your notes app or something and throughout the day go to it and look at it and think about it and ponder on it and meditate it. You know what the, you know the word meditate, the word meditate means to, uh, in the Hebrew and Greek it has the idea of of a cow chewing the cud. It's, it's, it's going, it's, it's to, it means to mutter, to mutter, to say to yourself. So speak those words and over the word of God over and over and over and over. We've used that illustration of the cow. You know how the cow will eat, swallow it, bring it back up, chew it some more, swallow it. It's, how many stomachs does a cow have? I don't know if Brother Larry probably knows. Amen. Quite a few. <laughs> Several. But, uh, but go over and over and over the Word of God like that and fill your mind with the Word of God. So there has to be true thoughts. But notice he says, and whatsoever things are just and pure. He lists those two things. So think just and pure thoughts. Those are holy thoughts, godly thoughts. That word pure refers to moral purity. Holy thoughts... Keep the mind clean because a dirty mind is a mind that will defile you. Amen? So that means if we're going to think on pure things and righteous things and holy things, we have to watch out for what we Watch on television. Amen. I'm not preaching against television, but you've got a remote there. You've got to, I'm telling you, there ain't, me TV's about, about the only thing about it anymore. Amen. But, um, and uh, Inspiration Network, I still like to watch Gunsmoke and the Virginian and Bonanza, Andy Griffith. But you can't allow your mind to be filled with and feed on a lot of the garbage and the trash that's on television. Amen? That's just the way that it is. Christians should not do that. Um, movies with, with filthy language and nudity and all of that type of thing. And, of course, most of the TV shows now uh, are promoting the uh, LGBTQ WXYZ movement. Amen. And, and they're promoting that. And, and, you know, we talked about that here a few weeks ago. So we have to watch. They're trying to, they're trying that, you know, Hollywood is trying to, um, to desensitize everybody. Isn't that right? Yes. 
They're trying to desensitize us. And we've come to that place. A lot of the church world has come to that place. We can't, there's no conviction anymore. We can't blush anymore. Doesn't matter what we listen to. The music you listen to. You know, if you're going to fill your mind with pure thoughts, you have to be, be very selective about the type of music you listen to. Christians, listen to me tonight. Listen to worship music and, and, and music that uplifts Jesus that will edify you and build you up. And I, I'm concerned about many of our teens and our youth that, that, that think it's okay to, to plug those earbuds in for 24 hours a day and listen to a lot of this secular music that promotes drugs, drug use, and alcohol and glorifies uh, sex and glorifies death and glorifies murder and some of the names even of those groups. And I know people say, well, I don't you know, my, what my kids do is their business. Parents, you need to get involved in that and find out. Don't let them fill their minds with trash and impure, unpure, uh, impure thoughts. Amen. And that's what Paul is saying here. What is What things are, are, are good and just and pure? Keep your mind pure. Amen. You know why people get off in involved in 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 premarital sex and all kinds of things is stuff they fill their mind with. Well, glory be to God forever. Let me see, it's about time. I got five minutes, I'm quitting. Fill your mind with things that are lovely, harmonious thoughts, things that are harmony and be be agreeable. Think about promoting harmony and not division, about loving one another. But then he said, whatever things are of a good report, think happy thoughts, good report. What's the good report? The good report's not thinking about things that are discouraging and depressing but fill your mind with happy thoughts. And that, again, that doesn't mean to stick your head in the sand and, and just ignore reality, but meditate and focus on what is good and on the Word of God. Meditate and focus on God. His Word is pure. Amen. What was it David said? Thy Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. Amen. Hide that Word. Amen. In your heart. Focus on the good report. If there's a good report. A lot of times, you know, we think about, we, we think about um, the doctors. or Maybe we got a bad doctor's report. Maybe, you know, we had a test or an MRI or an x-ray or, or, or something and the report came back and it wasn't a good report. It was a bad report. What do we usually do? We sit around and meditate and think about the bad report. We call everybody in the church, I got a bad report. Nothing wrong with calling for prayer. But the devil, if the devil can get you to sit there and brood over and meditate on that bad report, it'll, it'll zap you of every ounce of faith you've got. So what did Paul say to do? He said, meditate on, think about the good report. What's the good report? Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 1, the, the prophet Isaiah said, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
And then he goes on to say, For he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Think about the good report. Think about Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all of mine iniquities, and who healeth all of my diseases. Think about the good report. Amen. And begin to whatever. And then he says, whatever is praiseworthy. Get your praise on. And I read it to you twice, verse 4 tonight, where he says, rejoice in the 